And here's an ad from our sponsors. Have you ever heard about Anchor? Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. and welcome to another episode of the Be Fearless podcast. Today, I have a wonderful woman. She, for me, from my standpoint, she is a true warrior. She's a micro-influencer. She shared, she's also a blogger. And she shares her story about overcoming alcohol, alcoholism and mental illness in, you know, in her mission to change the stigma about those um situations and people's life and um with with the end of you know just if you we change the stigma we can actually make a better place and we can actually help other people recover um so that's how i see it but for me she's a true warrior because it's not easy to overcome um alcoholism uh, i have friends that you know have gone through that and i think that her story needed to be shared uh, so we can help other people. Her name is Christina Kimbrough, and here we have her. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. I am so happy to have you here. I've been following you for a while now and on Instagram, and I love oh, what you're doing. I think your story you. needs to be heard everywhere. Thank you. That means a lot to me. It really does. Yay. So tell uh, the, the audience, uh, where are you from? Yeah. So I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, um, like a suburb. And then my husband is in the Navy. Um, so we live in Virginia. We were just talking about that a little bit earlier. So Awesome. So how long have you been in Virginia now? Yeah, like four years. Four so years? Love it. I love it. The weather here is so much better than the Midwest. It snows a lot less <laughs> and it's much less cold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I agree. Uh, I'm originally from Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, the less winter I can have, the better. So I completely understand. Um, so tell me, because this I, I ask everybody, what was your dream growing up? I love this question. So fun. So it's kind of funny. I wanted at a young age to be a um, actress. Like I've just always loved to like speak and like be in front of people. I used to put on like funny plays with my family and, you know, direct them. Um, but that didn't happen, but I kind of parlayed it and now I do public speaking. So it's not necessarily acting. And actually this is related. I just started an improv class. Um, 
I know it's so much fun. Like I just kind of like, yeah, I like hit sobriety and recovery and kind of found myself. And I was like, you know what? I wanted to be an actress growing up and like, maybe I won't get paid to do it, but like, let's just have fun. So I just started and I'm loving it. And then I will be doing my first show with like a group in a month. So that's so amazing. Yes. Congratulations. I love it. I love it. Now tell us your story. I think, um, I think your story needs to be heard. Uh, cause there's so many people I have had friends that I would similar stories and, it's not, um, you know, it's not to have a pity party, but it's always good to hear those stories. So we know what people go through, but most importantly, how they overcome, you know, um, that type of situation. So tell us your story. Yeah, absolutely. So interestingly enough, I grew up in a household without alcohol. So I always say I'm kind of like that, like interesting black sheep in that sense. So I didn't grow up around it, mm -hmm. um, but I started drinking pretty heavily. Interestingly, I didn't drink until like college. Um, and then it kind of took off from there. So I drank pretty mm -hmm. heavily for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I'm 32 now. And in January 2020, I decided to get sober. I hit a personal low. I got a new job. I showed up to that job intoxicated. Um, and I went on a bender for like two days, which I'd never done. Um, and I just came home and my husband was like, you know, you need help. Like, I don't, you know, we can't live like this anymore. And so I agreed. <clears throat> and I moved from Virginia back to my hometown of Cleveland to get sober. And it just so happened that I got sober during COVID, <laughs> which was crazy. <laughs> I mean, it, it at the same time, it's like a, it's, it's like all the contrary because I have heard so many stories of people like going to alcoholism. Yes. Because they're being, you know, enclosed and at home and yes. um, their life changed and so many people lost their jobs and yeah. But your story is completely the contrary, and I love yeah. it. So Thank tell you. more. How was that process of yeah. getting sober? Yeah, so it's so funny you said that because I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, and she's like, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. Um, and she's like, you know, you got sober at the right time because then you started sharing about it, which is part of my story. So I've been sober about 14 months now, and um, at the beginning, like at a month, I started sharing about that that journey, but I moved home to Cleveland. And unfortunately, I remember thinking like, okay, I'll leave all, because I was in Virginia. I remember thinking I'll leave all the bars behind, you know, like I will just get sober. But, you know, when you move, your problems move with you. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, for the month of January into early February, I just kept drinking at home and um, sneaking it and hiding it and like all this stuff. And I always love telling the last drink I ever had because it's funny in hindsight. But I asked my grandma. So my drinking had got so bad that my grandma had taken my keys and my debit card because I was sneaking and drink. I know. I agreed to it. Like if I moved in with her, it was kind of like the terms. Yeah. And I used to dry, drink and drive. You know, I, I share that because I think a lot of people do, but we just don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, um, I asked her to drop me off at a Panera and I lied and walked to like a bar. I had like $5 in my pocket because she'd been giving me money to donate to AA, like Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh-huh. 
And I bought like two or three beers, flirted with the guy down the bar, got another couple beers. I know. She tracked me on my iPhone, found me, walked into the bar, was so nice, and just tapped me on the shoulder and was like, do you want to go home? You know, and I was like, yeah, I just, I do. And so I went home, and that was my last drink. I entered treatment the next day, and that was February 3rd, 2020, Mm -hmm. and I just, um, I went to an outpatient, which just means you're like in gr- intensive group therapy a couple times a week for a few hours. And I know that kept me sober. Um, and then from there on, it was just a process of like working out and like therapy and all the things. Oh <laughs> wow. So um, how was how were things when you uh, came out of the treatment facility? Like? Yeah. So, yeah, it was crazy because everything was shut down. So I finished my treatment like March, like 11th or 12th. And that was when in Ohio, everything was shutting down, which I'm sure it was like across the country, you know. And interestingly enough, it wasn't good, but in a way it was like, I, uh, it was interesting. The bars were shut down. So for me, it was kind of nice because I used to be a bar fly. So even Mm -hmm. if I wanted to, like I couldn't get alcohol and I lived with my grandma. So like, you know, I wasn't going to be bringing it home. Um, so that first month, I mean, the first month you're just kind of cleaning your brain out because you've been intoxicated for so long. So you're kind of just like coming down and learning how to just like physically live again without a substance. So yeah, that first month I would say was hard. It was just all about like not drinking, right? Uh-huh. You know, just like going to AA, getting a sponsor, that kind of thing. And then I remember thinking, Uh, this is so hard. Like, I don't want to live like this. You know, I don't want to be thinking about alcohol all the time. And, and then as it progressed, things just got easier and not only easier, just better. Everything in my, I've never been more happy than I am right now. And I can easily say that's because of recovery. That's amazing. Um, I mean, you are such an, a great example of that determination, what determination can do when yeah. we really decide, okay, I need to change my life for the yeah. better and stick to the plan and just take it day by day. Um, you're, I, I love it. I love it. Now, how, how are you, how are you came up with this um, mentality? Okay. I'm just going to like share my story and, and blog about it. Yeah. So um, I have a background in journalism, like communication. So I've just always been naturally like a speaker and like a share. Um, and I had been sharing. So I have bipolar one and generalized anxiety disorder. And I'd been sharing about that openly, um, you know, online and speaking, but all the while secretly drinking. You know, so, yeah, so I had my Instagram account where I was openly being a mental health advocate, trying to end that stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I just remember, like, I hit a month sober, and I was like, I don't want to hide this. Like, you know, my audience doesn't know, and so I might as well just come out and share. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it is a little bit different to share in a month. You know, a lot of people wait longer, and everyone's journey is so different. Mm-hmm. Um And I just remember also, like, I didn't see anyone that looked like me, like, younger, you know, like, female, that kind of thing, in the recovery space. So I kind of just wanted to connect with other Mm -hmm. people. 
And, and it was just another way to hold myself accountable too. on like kind of a selfish level, but it was like, if I was saying I was sober online, I better stay sober, you know? And so, yeah, I just opened up in a blog post and just kind of took off from there. And then I just, I received a lot of people saying like, thank you for sharing. I'm struggling or I have a spouse or a family member. Yeah. So it was just, it turned out to be better than I could ever imagine. Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and the good thing is that when we share our story, a lot of people like we, we are the first to say no, because probably there's nobody there that will identify with me. But there's always somebody out there that needs to hear it that is going through the same struggles that we are going through. Um, how has been since you share how's not only the re- response from your audience but how things have changed in your life yeah i mean right so at first like i said it was just an outpouring of support and love and you know my audience has grown which has been such a blessing and my life has just gotten so much better i mean i've been able to kind of turn it into a business with the influencing side of things and then public speaking and like well not public but on zoom (laughs) you know i mean um, we're in social media we're public (laughs) yeah exactly no really and it's been crazy and so i've been able to just yeah like turn it into a way to inspire others. And then recently I just made the decision to go back to school to be a therapist. So I'm in the process of applying for grad school. So, I mean, recovery just kind of like sobriety changed everything for me. I always say because life just keeps going, right? Like things are still hard. I still go through things, but now I know how to cope with things without alcohol. You know, you learn how to, yeah, you learn how to take care of yourself without numbing. Yeah, definitely. Um, what was the the other? I had like another question in mind um, earlier today, and I kind of like forgot it. Right, but what have you ever thought about? Like, write a book about your story. You need to put this in a book. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely like on the um, list of things that I want to do for sure because. Um, I just, I also come from like a background of like childhood trauma and abuse. And so I want, but I've healed from that and Mm -hmm. have relationships with the people that hurt me and like we're in a healthy space. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a hundred percent there. I think the big thing for me that I wanted to do first was just like a hit a year sober, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Just so that way. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So I hit that milestone. And I am definitely in the process of like figuring out what that looks like and putting pen to paper. So you are on spot. I That is definitely a goal. Yes. I mean, like I was thinking about that this morning when I was, I always like wake up. This is my routine. Like I wake yeah. up and then I like started like going through all the things that I'm going to do during the day. And then if I have like an episode uh, from the podcast that I'm going to be broadcasting, then I kind of like start like thinking about my guest. Yeah. And, like, you know, try to like picture out their lives, what they're going through, the story. And one of the things that I thought about you this morning was like, she needs to put this into a book. Like she needs to write yeah. it down. Because uh, I mean, if you're, if you're um, a platform in Instagram, you're being able to help so many people. I can't imagine what you will do having this written down into, mm-hmm. into paper. Well, you're inspiring me. You're inspiring me. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's what I do. I, that, yeah. I, 
like there was another thing, another fun story before we move forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody um, sent me um, a link today, and then I started, you know, digging into, you know, is this something that you do? And she was like, no, this is something that I like. I mean, from somebody else's, I was like, if you like it so much, why do you don't do it? Yeah. Like, you have to do it. Like yeah. if you like something like that, then try to find a way to create it and, you know, work it. So yeah. it makes you happier. I love it. <laughs> right? Yeah. I love it. And I think it's just one of those things where you're, you're absolutely right. You do just have to do it. Cause I think we all have those voices in our head that says like, I'm like some, one, a big one I dealt with is like, I'm not interesting a lot enough. No one's going to care about my story. And it's just not true. You know, I feel like our, our brain is always lying to us about that. Yes, stuff, all so. the time, all the yeah. time. Now, let, we already talk about, you know, the good thing that happens and how, you know, you got sober and all that. But talk to us about the obstacles that you had Yeah. to get sober. I mean, and how do you overcome? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, oh my gosh, there were so many. I, I mean, I think the first one was just like before I got sober was like admitting I even had a problem. You know, I think that is like, that's the first step in AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. They just say like, you have to admit that you're powerless over alcohol. And so it took, I tried for like two years, like on and off to get sober, but could never string together like more than a week or two. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, because I remember thinking, I don't have a problem. I'm fine. I didn't want to admit that I was powerless. So yeah, I mean, 100%. That was the first obstacle was just like admitting it. And then once I admitted it was like just finding the right kind of treatment and figuring out where to go and, you know, um, finding help. And then and then once you're trying to get sober, it's just like the addiction part of things, you know, just like not having that drink. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say I did it a couple different ways. I mean, community was huge. I definitely had like a good support system, whether it was a friend, my husband, my grandma, um, therapy. And I mean, I really, it's kind of cheesy, but I had to take it a day by day, sometimes hour by hour. You know what I mean? Where it yes. was, like, okay, we want to drink. Like, what are we going to do other than drink? So sometimes it was running, walking. I think I walked so many miles just trying to take my time, you know, like fill my time listening to podcasts, you know? So, yes. um, yeah, it was just a multitude of things. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I love what you said because it is, you talk about the obstacles you have through going through sobriety, but there's yeah. not, not such a huge difference between those obstacles and our daily lives. Yeah. It's like, you know, accepting that, you know, I need to fix something in order to achieve a goal. Uh, accepting that, you know, I have a problem or that, you know, I'm not managing my money in the best way or like, you know, I'm not paying attention to my family or, you know, working too much. Um, and just realizing, I, I think that the first step uh, that you just mentioned, it was like for you realizing that you had a problem. And yeah. I think that that's the first step for everybody, you know, in, in their daily life to admit, you know, I have a problem. I need to fix it. Um, not to try to patch things up in an attempt to, you know, improve our lives. And I love it. I love the way that, you know, you identify, pinpoint the things that were not helping and how you twist it, you know, uh, tweak it and, and like make the improvements in your life to to change. Um, and I love when you said I had to take it 
hour by hour. Yeah. Sometimes in life, that's all it takes. You have to take it one hour yeah. by oh another. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I love what you just said because you made me think of it like recovery and sobriety, like it is a hundred percent relatable to life. I always say that. I'm like, you know, like it's, I mean, yeah, like your problems don't stop when you get sober. It's just, I think what it's helped me do is like, it's definitely helped my ego, like bring it down and be like, you know, identify like the issues that I'm having and then realize like there's, my grandma says this and I love it. There's always a solution. Like mm -hmm. whatever problem you're going through, like you may not know it in the moment, but there's always a solution. Exactly. And so, I mean, yeah, like even in recovery, I still like have issues and, you know, things that I'm working through, but recovery has shown me two things. Like one, I can admit it. And two, I can do it. You know, yes. like getting sober was like easily the hardest thing I've ever done. And I did it. So, yes, I love it. I love it when you say that I can do it. And yes, anybody that is listening to you can do it too. Um, and I definitely encourage anyone out there to, uh, you know, just follow you and get in touch with you and yeah. uh, listen to, to your uh, messages. I love all your messages. I always mm -hmm. check in on your account because um, there's mm -hmm. always something that I find inspiring that I can relate to. Um, and you truly are the soul of a warrior. So thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Yes. Any absolutely. final words that you have for our audience? Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that I try to tell everyone and it's just like, I have realized this in the, in the pandemic and just kind of like in recovery, but like, uh, I say we're all kind of going through a collective trauma just because of the pandemic. But two things I like to say is be kind to yourself. So I think during this time, it's really hard. It's easy to say like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. I should use this time more wisely. So be kind to yourself. But then on the flip side of that, be kind to others. Because I think, you know, our tensions are high. We're all going through something. So if we can just be a little bit kinder to others, we will make the world a better place. So thank you. Yes, I love it. That's so true. We need to spread the kindness. Yeah. Well, um, if they, if but hold on one second. We cannot leave without telling them where they can reach out. Right. Oh, thank you. What's yeah. your Instagram handle? Yeah. So my Instagram is just C Kimbrough, um, and that's K I M B R O U G H one. Um, and yeah, that's the best way. And I love it. I think you said it earlier. People can always reach out. I think that's one of the first ways I got sober was messaging other like a couple other sober people and being like, how did you do this? You know, so that's great. I love I love talking to people. And then the other one is just my website, Christina Kimbrough.com. So amazing. So there you have it, ChristinaKimbro.com and on Instagram, CKBroKimbro, right? Kimbro yep. number one. Yes. So thank you so much, Christina, thank for you. you know sharing and giving us your time today. I love your message. I do see great things coming from you in the future, thank and you. I would love to read the book. So yes, I know. Thank you. Get typing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'll put you in the intro and say, she helped me start it. She inspired it. <laughs> yes, yes. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> thank you so much. But thank you so much for being with us. And for everybody out there, don't forget that um, our podcast runs on Mondays and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern time. 
don't forget to subscribe, follow the page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram. In the meantime, don't forget to unlock your potential and be Imagine. fearless. Bye. Bye. Bye.